coming in at six foot four, number one, Patty's Playbook. Hey guys, I'm your host Patty, and welcome to Patty's Playbook, the show for all you sports lovers out there. We cover NRL, NBA, NFL, plus many more sports. You can find us on Instagram, at Paddy's Playable. I can hear the sport calling us. Let's dive into this episode, baby. All right, here we go. NBA fans, strap yourself in. Let's make it short, sharp. Let's go hard and heavy. If you haven't yet, check out our daily NRL podcast. All 17 teams, 1-17, to 17, their best team for 2024. Strengths, weaknesses. Get in, pull it apart. Anyway, bigger, better things right now, NBA. How are you, Mitch? How's life? Um, All-Star weekend just gone by. Let's get through that shit show, and then we've got a fun show ahead of that. So how are you? Yeah, not too bad. I was pretty disappointed with today's game. I turned it off after the first quarter, and then when I seen the end result of almost 400 points, I just, I just laughed, really. Yeah. Yeah, I think I lasted seven and a half minutes in the first. And actually, I did say on the potty a while ago, I'm not going to watch it, but obviously I got a little foot injury, so I'm not working, which is a bonus. So I watched seven and a half minutes in the first, and then I watched the last, I think, four minutes, four and a half minutes in the fourth when it was yeah. well over. But I was just, I'm the same, just boring, shit show. It, it does nothing for me. Yeah, when you see Luca walking up the court in every possession yeah. just with a smile on his face, letting people run past him, you know, it's going down the drain. Yeah. It's unfortunate because we as fans wanted to see it be competitive as well as entertaining. Mm. But at what point do we cut off that entertainment part and we need to have some competitive part? I don't know where the sweet spot is. All I know is the Saturday over there, I just think the three-point shooting contest for me, at least it's something you can rely on. I think it's the best anyway. I actually look forward to it every year and it actually delivers every year because I think it's just pure. Yeah. Yeah, they're competing for the crown. Mm. So, so, so like when we're in there in the shot clock, it gets, it gets exciting because it's like, oh, they're catching up the score. They're missing shots. They've got 10 in a row. Mm. Making these green balls, the extra points and money ball rack. So that is the exciting part. Oh, fuck yeah. I, yeah, I enjoy it. So as an overall, maybe it's getting worse and worse. The All-Star, what do you give it a rating out of 10? Just the whole weekend. Today? Obviously, oh, the not, weekend. not the whole weekend, the whole Indiana out of 10, what are you giving it? Oh, man. I don't know. A five. Like, I don't, I didn't watch Celebrity Game. Oh, I was thinking the same. I was sitting at a 5.5. 5. That's five dumb shit. I don't know. I didn't watch Celebrity Game. Um, the Rising Stars Challenge, I didn't really watch because I feel like it's just a, it's just a, a rookie's all-star. Mm. It's all it is. But it's a rookie. They play like the all-stars. Sorry. Exactly. So, yeah, there's not much competitiveness there. So the only part that's competitive of the day is the Saturday night, whether it's the dunk contest, the three-point contest, the skills challenge. I didn't mind the skills challenge because... Mm-hmm. That was fun. Obviously, they, they were very competitive in the games. Um, it was heating up. I just didn't like seeing Anthony or oh, oh. Ant-Man start off their first round by shooting a left-handed three um, for the, all the punters out there who would add money on the first picks because it was first picks, which was the first picks of recent years, and then Team Indiana and then Team uh, All-Stars. 
so yeah though um <laughs> when you have money or not then you kind of get pissed off because they're not taking it serious just be fun i guess yeah i guess that's the all-star weekend I, I don't know much to say every year i just kind of shrug and just say oh, at least you know the nba gets a week off they recharge and we run to the playoffs mitch so before this is the best time everything is really like okay yeah. people start getting the good teams start getting in playoff mode that's what happens 100 this is time to ramp up it's all to do with playoff seeding get those rotations sorted i can't wait so I guess for the rest of the show, we didn't really touch base on the deadline last episode. I think we got on for the Super Bowl, and I was like, ah, we'll just do Super Bowl stuff only, a bit of fun. The deadline was dry as. It was dull. It was dry. There's some moves I've got here we can talk about. Like it, It's kind of all about contenders who kind of put a few more chips and leveled up. So we'll get to that. And then we want to break down both conferences. I know we did this earlier in the year. Each West, East, what conference, how many contenders in each one. It's We can break that down. I think like... Yeah. I guess kind of on a surprise level, we're going to see, would you be surprised if this team made it? Da, da, da. We'll go through that. And I know you were licking your lips. I know you're going to go hard at the pain in me. You, you might even give me a left-right jab through the, through the Zoom, mate. Player awards. I, I said to you, I promised, I'm going to wait to 45, 50 games in. We're at that mark, Mitch. You can unload on me. I'm ready for it. So, Let's hope I have the ammo. <laughs> okay. Deadline? been about two or three weeks now trade deadline um do you want me to just go through kind of each team what kind of happened what i've got on my notes and we can go back and forth or what did you like yeah you, you lead the way if you want what did you like at the deadline anything that stuck out to you or how do you want to pull this apart oh it was dull it was it was shit no mm. I, I have this little feeling that they boosted this rumor about lebron going to warriors to make it seem like it was much more exciting at the deadline Mm, that's I actually and I don't even I think LeBron coming out today didn't know about it, but maybe he did. Maybe he's just pulling games. But sometimes well it doesn't ha- it hasn't happened a lot in the past where it's been a really dull deadline like this one. But I know they could just boost this rumor that he might go to Warriors just to make it more exciting at the deadline, which obviously never came, never happened, never got talked about properly. I've never thought of that, but I actually tend to agree. Shit like this would go down. I guess, yeah, it was dull. And I guess that, we, that next year we'll talk about it. But I think that's what's going to come down to next year with the new um, salary cap and the new media deal and, like, this apron, this tax apron, the top apron, second apron, third apron. Like, you go over that, you are going to be paying a fuckload of tax. And it's essentially to try and give teams two stars and just level yep. out the playing field. So I think that's had yep. an impact on this deadline going into next year and teams are unsure what next year brings. They're like, I don't want to fuck this up too much so, and lopsided everything. So we'll see. but. I guess the Knicks for me, they get Bogdanovich. Obviously, they got OG. We've talked about that before. Alex Burke. Like they didn't really, they didn't give up any picks to get these two or three, yeah, good rotation players. And they look like a scary fucking playoff team when it all clicks. If everyone's healthy, thoughts yep. on the Knicks? Yeah, well, they're essentially just in win mode now, aren't they? This is telling us like we're here, we're ready, ready to win. Um, we have to be taken seriously in the East. They can definitely get to the conference finals, if not go further. I think it all rests on Jalen Brunson being a superstar in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. He was a, a very, he was massive last year. I, we played against him in the second round. He was unreal. He kind of carried that team because Julius Randle wasn't playing that well. But it all rests on his shoulders. So it's all up to him how far he can take it. Yep, spot on. And it's like, just get OG back. Get Robinson back, get Randall back, and let's see where they are. Uh, they might only get what 
five, 10, 15 games together before the playoffs, but like all those pieces together, it's fucking scary. And then you got Bogdanovich on top. He's probably like that five, six, seven option, maybe closes games, maybe doesn't. Like it's yeah. a ridiculous roster for me. So I'm, I'm with you. Like we'll get to our contenders in a sec, but I am not surprised if they go deep, the Knicks, because everything kind of makes sense, but we'll see. Mavericks. Um, I've made some outrageous statements during the year. I still think they're going to rumble at the back end and potentially well, they'll fall into the plane, I think, and maybe bundle out. But they've got Daniel Gafford and PJ Washington, which so far looks good. More size now. I, I don't know. I think that, that I think they're going to make the playoffs. Mm. That looked good. Well, that the game they started, the first game they played together, everything just looked connected on a point. But I guess that's what that's what. Lucas Nature is right. He's good at making other people look better. Oh, they dominated my team. I think it was the first game and they just slapped us in the face. I think I scored yeah. like 50 in the first quarter. Holy shit. I just don't see how Kyrie Irving, Luca, if they're both healthy and everyone else is connected, that they bust out. Mm. I just, they're, they're going to make the playoffs. Okay. We'll see. Additions, though, they got bigger. It looks better. Happy with it? Yeah, yeah. Well, just by first glance, by first games, yeah, of course. Yes, we'll get more of a sense over the next 10 games. I just get worried with this Mavs team. Like, they just move little pieces here and there, and it's essentially every year just trying to get better and better, but not like, I don't know. Like, I just feel like they've got no more wiggle room now with Luca. Like, they're kind of balls to the wall. Like, they had to get rid of Grant Williams, who they just signed in the offseason, and now they're already, you know what I mean? Like, the roster still doesn't do too much for me. It's like they're doing anything they can to keep Luca happy. And maybe I'll end it, I end the show on it, but I think like there's three or four stars who this might be it for them in their team this year, or at least next year. Like, yeah, yeah anyway. I think that's probably the biggest future potential free agent. Mm. It's Luca. He's MVP, like he's MVP caliber, championship caliber. Everything you want in that guy. My team, OKC, not much to say here at the moment because they haven't played, but um, Gordon Haywood and Bismack Biombo. I've been saying all year, Mitch, that we need another big man because literally playoffs come around. Even the regular season, Chet literally just gets the shit beaten up out of him. He just stands back up and keeps going and just keeps getting smacked down, smacked down. We need a backup center. We need more size to help him. I'm happy with that. Haywood, maybe he gives us some bench scoring, a um, bit of facilitating or ball handling. We'll see. Not really quite sure how it's all going to interlock and look, but I'm yeah. happy they've done something. Well, he's just a vet presence also. Mm. Basketball, good basketball IQ. Been around the league for a long time. Um, you've got a quite a young team. You don't really have any solid vets, do you, besides, I don't even know. No, no one. Literally no one. I think it's going to help out this time of year heading in the playoffs because so so much inexperience in the team heading in playoffs, even though you're playing out, well, you're overachieving definitely this year. Mm, Shea is top two MVP candidate basically now based on odds. Um, so yeah, it's just a, a really, just a veteran presence that you, you probably desperately needed at the back end of the season. Hopefully it all comes together nicely. The Philadelphia 76ers, I think the last time we spoke, the whole Embiid situation, absolutely terrible. They've got Buddy Hield and, um, your man, little short arm T-Rex looking motherfucker, Lowry, Carl yeah. Lowry. So just to try and keep, you know, head above water, just stay afloat until the playoffs and hopefully, fingers crossed, Embiid comes back? Or what's your thoughts on these additions? Uh, yeah, just going to help. I think Lowry's obviously there to help out Embiid and Maxi. Hmm. Not so just mean on the court, but off the court things as well. Um, 
Yeah, I've been there, I've been around the block for sure. Yeah, maybe during playoff time you can be a massive addition. I know it's. I think it's just pre- again help like getting those guys will be helping them get prepped for the playoffs. Mm. Embiid's all good. That's, it all comes down to his health as well. Has to be yeah. 100% for them to really go deep. Hundred percent. That's a totally different story. Buddy Hield, I was a bit shocked. Like Indiana, keep him. He there. looks well. Looks good. He does. He does. And I think he's got an expiring deal as well. That's why. Yeah. And I think they've actually opened up some other playmaking, like some playmaking abilities as well. Mm-hmm. So maybe, maybe he just looked at it as more of a spot up shooter, catch and shoot guy, whereas mm-hmm. he had more to his arsenal. Definitely. And so far, he started off well. For sure. And like, fingers crossed, Embiid comes back. And Embiid's numbers are better than last year in regards to scoring, rebounding, assisting. Like, his passing is better. So I, I think more shooters around Embiid is green light. Give it a tick. So. If it all works out, which I guess, as you said, it's all in the health of yeah. their, their superstar. Like, hopefully, it looks good, works well, and they can make a run. But we'll see. It's um, everything's on hold for Philly until then. This is it. This is good, Mitch. We're rolling nicely. You you brought it up before. Dud, dull deadline, and I just put in my notes. Did the Lakers finally stand up to LeBron? Why did Golden State stand pat? Um, and as you said, maybe they just threw that little trade buzz two, three days after, oh, Golden State inquired about LeBron. They wanted to trade for him to da da Like, what do you make of these two franchises? They're both, well, these two organizations, they're both in the plane as we speak. I think the one to 10 in the West or in both conferences is set. So can they make a deep playoff run? What do you, what's your whole, yeah, your stance on the Lakers? We'll start with them. I know we're, we're used to making moves all the time, but it hasn't really resulted in much. Um, over since the championship, um, and then you've got like the the emoji from LeBron on on X or Twitter, whatever you want to call it, the hourglass sand running through. Yeah, times well, up. People, people go too deep into some people's Twitter posts or Instagram posts or stories. You know, does that mean what? What did that mean in your eyes? Well, we said it before, and I'll I'll stand to this. I'm happy to be wrong. I think this is his last year for the Lakers. I really do. He's not giving anybody hints. He's getting asked about it plenty at media during All-Star. He right. says it's 50-50 about his decision. But I, I don't he... see why he would leave, why why retire. I think he would leave, though, to another team. That's what I mean. He won't be in the Lakers next year, and he will be, still be playing basketball, in my opinion. Whether I think he'd actually go to Golden State is a whole other topic because he's going to be a player. He's not like a player mm-hmm. option. He's going to be a free agent. Yeah. The only way LeBron stays if he gets, like, Kyrie Irving, or gets a star guard. Maybe that, that backs down to my Mavs statement. They, they bundle out. Luke is unhappy. Kyrie goes to Lakers. Something like that. But anyway, I, yeah, I, I, just, I think the Lakers just stood up to him. They couldn't make a move. There was, you know, D'Lo was available. All these players are available. They didn't want to trade Reeves. It's pretty simple. They've got their team. We're going to see how deep they can go. Run to the end. Um, they just got Spencer Dimwitty. So let's see what they can do. I don't. Yeah. I, I think I'm just glad we don't have to deal with these Lakers bullshit anymore. Mitch, in regards, to like they didn't make a trade. This is their roster. Full stop. They're either going to be good enough or bad enough. Like it's yes. simple. I get you. Do you think he would ever go and play with Steph? I guess that rolls over to Golden State now. Oh, I don't know, but I feel like he's a legacy guy. It looks at his legacy in playing for a team that he competed with and battled with for so many years. Mm. I feel like he likes seeing his own script. That he's written play out 
Oh yeah. I don't know if he's a guy who just does that. But he'd get fucking he'd get smashed. All the negative media. Mm. All the haters. I don't know. I just don't see it in any world. I'm I'm sorry. Well, okay. It'd be, weird. It'd be actually weird. It would be weird. So I guess to the Golden State thing, and then we'll loop back to LeBron. What I can't because they had heaps of buzz, heaps of hype at the deadline. What are they going to do? And essentially, well, they did nothing. So the way I see them, and we've already talked about the era coming to an end. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I think Curry's got 12 to 18 months prime. Tippity top. He's still a top 10 player. He's playing fucking incredibly. Obviously, Draymond back helps. You look at the numbers with Draymond through the roof, without Draymond struggling. But it's I think there's like they know next year is a they've made this roster for next year. It's their last roll of the dice, all chips in. Clay, free agent. I can't believe we we were talking about this at the start of the year. He wanting this big deal. It's not happening. He's even come out and said, I'm happy to stay. I'll take away under his role and money, obviously. Maybe in the offseason they can move Wiggins. Maybe if worse comes to worse, I wouldn't do it, but they try and get rid of Kaminga. And it's just like, give us a fucking another star. This is literally our last roll of the dice. That's the way I see it. I see Golden State preparing for next year. I think they've come to terms with this year, our last, our last run with the, the big three or whatever, you, however you want to call it. And then next year, that's it. Yeah. Those three guys, are, they are Golden State Warriors. Mm-hmm. For me, I don't know if they want to play against each other. I think they want to be together for the rest of their careers. So maybe it's one of those things where now Clay's, look, so I'll be benched. I think Green's played off the bench already. Maybe they're okay with letting some other guys come through because they've got a good rookie. Can't even pronounce his name right. Is it Bot? But I don't know, something Bojemski or something. Bojemski, yeah, Bojemski. Something New-, New York City-ish, I don't know. <laughs> and they obviously Kaminga, who's playing since oh. up with Steve Kersey and playing lights out his yeah. best basketball. So maybe, I don't know, if they can get another guy, get rid of Wiggins. Maybe, yeah, they can have another crack next year. That's where I see Golden State. I think next year we're going to be talking and it's like, okay, they've got another star or they've got a top 15 to 20 player. Here we go kind of thing. But the, the clock is ticking. And the last time I'll say it about the Curry thing, we talked about it last show. I'd just be doing anything and everything to let him play out his prime and try and win another chip. But that's just me. Raptors. Weird. They keep Bruce Brown. They get Kelly Olynyk. I don't really understand. There's not much to talk about here, Mitch. Um, <laughs> Did you have a giggle with it, or what did you, what's your thoughts on Toronto? <clears throat> oh, they're not good. Terrible. They're really bad. Um, I don't know. I don't know what they're setting up for. Scotty Bynes, like, good work. You got an all-star. He must be the main guy, right? Easily. <clears throat> I just don't know if they're talented enough to have a good future, even though the West is, well, the West is definitely stronger. There's still a lot, of, a lot of better teams in Toronto. Mm. Especially more better younger talent. Oh, for sure. They've had that Lowry DeRozan era. They couldn't get it done. Kawhi comes in, championship. They kind of sail along for a bit. He leaves. Siakam's kind of brought up to be the next dude. Van Vliet. They they cruise for a bit, make some playoffs or play-ins, and like don't really do much. And now they probably sold a year too late. Obviously, OG goes. Siakam now. Van Vliet last year, and it's like they left with Scotty Barnes, who I love, but it's like. Man, they're probably going to be suffering for another three or four years trying to rebuild and get more stars around him and talent. So I'm with you. I think, yeah, smaller market, they could be in for tough times. So I don't, I didn't really understand their deadline direction. Yeah, Bucks, 
I think we're on the same page. They fucking stink, but they've got Pat Bev now. Does it do much for you? Um, a guy who's going to have everyone accountable on that team. That's a good thing. And that's probably going to be somewhat a good thing. He's worked under Doc Rivers before. I don't even really care about filling the stat line. I think he just wants to win. And then he knows he has two really good players. Mm. I kind of, I kind of giggled. Like that. I think his first game, and he was in there in a timeout. I think you saw. It. You, I think we've talked about it. And he was in there. Had a clipboard. Good to clipboard coach and fucking Lopez. Do this. Get here. Do that. And you could see he was like, "Shut the fuck up. You've been here for twelve minutes. Just sit down. Yeah. Let me do my thing." Like I just made me giggle. But you're right. That's the type of guy he is. He's probably a team first operator. Pat Bev holds everyone accountable, whether you like him or not. He's there for a reason. Let's I see don't have we... him on my team. Yeah, there you go. It's kind of, you kind of need a Pat Bev on every team. There you go. Let's see what the box can do because it is. Yeah, okay. We'll get to contenders in a second. I guess the Suns, to round it out, they get Royce O'Neal, David Roddy from the Grizz I don't like, and Thad Young, I believe. Um, I guess the main ones here, Royce O'Neal, probably puts you in that six, seven, eight in your rotation. 3 and D kind of guy. He's a bit older. Do you like it? Just a solid rotational player who can defend as well. 3 and D, yeah. So much to say. He's just a, another piece. Okay. That's the deadline. I know there was more little pieces, but as you said, Mitch, All-Star Weekend's over. It's the drive to the playoffs now. Everyone's tightened up that roster. Let's get to it. Contenders, East or West, where are we starting? Wherever you want to start. Let's go to the East. I know we did this exercise probably 30 to 40 games in about mid-season. We'll go East. And I guess how we're going to be breaking it down is like surprise level. Are you surprised they're in a conference final, in the finals, even, yeah, just making a deep playoff run. Like, do you can, do we classify them as a contender and how surprised would we be? So we obviously don't need to talk about the Celtics, right? No, they're, they're definitely contenders, if not favorite. We'll go down the standings. Cleveland. I don't know how. I think I've blinked, Mitch. They're 9-1 in their last 10 games, and they're somehow in the second seed. It looks like they've run away with it. And we all know what happened last year in the playoffs. First round, they got their asses fucking whooped. But it's like, is that a one-off thing? Can they turn it around? Did they learn from last season, last year? Thoughts on the Cavs. Can they you know, finish two seed? Do they get to a conference final? Um... Oh, they could if they're not on the same side as New York and Boston. Okay. So you by that by I'm looking at your face. Obviously, we're talking. That's more of a surprise. Like I'm, I'd be quite surprised if they got to the Eastern Conference. Yeah. Donovan Mitchell's the best player on the team. I don't know if he is a championship caliber player. I don't know if he can take him that far. Hmm. Neither do I. As a number one option, I guess. And it's just remarkable. It's like Garland's gone down. Mobley and they've gotten better or they've just sorted their shit out. It's like, Mitchell, this is you. Just go and cook and get it done. I, I guess they're contenders, right? But it's like we're super surprised if they get to the conference. Yeah. But then they can also lose in the first round. They could lose against Miami. That's the thing. That's, yeah. So the, we're, going it, based off, we're going literally based off settings. It'd be Miami against Cleveland first round. Yeah, fuck. Who, you, who would you pick right now? Yeah, I, I, let's go Cleveland. Based on how they're going. Based on how they're going right now, but I feel disgusted. I feel disgusting because I would hate to be that dude that go because I thought they'd win last year. Did they lost to the Knicks straight away? Uh, yeah, they lost. Uh, I think it was like 
I thought they'd, I thought they'd win in five or six, and they got their ass whooped, as I said. And it's like I'd hate to pick them two years in a row, and they'd have gone in the first round, and that would just put an instant line through them, and Donovan yeah. Mitchell would be gone. So yeah. I'd probably pick the Cavs, as you said. But fuck, I'm not confident. I don't like it. Yeah. Bucks. Oh my goodness. No, oh, it makes you sick, but they have to be a contender. They are a contender. Is it just Giannis? That's the only reason why. Yeah. Lillard, star power. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <sighs> two massive names, if not both. I don't know how many superstars you label in the in the NBA. I don't know if it's just top ten or top fifteen. There's so much talent that could be fucking fifteen superstars. So you could label that they have two superstars, and that's good enough to take you to a championship. Based off how they play in their defensive efforts, it makes me sick because I don't think they could even get to the conference finals if they come against New York in the second round or Miami in the first round or whatever. Mm. Well, I guess if we're doing the exercise right now, they're in the third seed. Indiana are six, and Indiana have beat them what like four four times this year. Yeah, and their their fast paced style wouldn't suit Jan, uh, Giannis and the half court defense. It's so fucked because like we know their history winning the championship and how good they've been defensively, and then this year they the scripts have totally flipped. They were a terrible defensive side and really good offensively, like yep. top five in offense. And then since Doc Rivers has come, and their um, transition defense has been fucking hopeless but since doc rivers has come you, you can see or i can see like they're trying to change that and actually their defense has come down and now the offense is blown out so it's kind of done a 180 so it's all weird he's just trying to get any sort of traction any sort of like consistency with these teams so i don't know what to expect but they make me sick contender with stars i agree but i can't see them in the conference finals maybe i'm wrong if, I guess they- if they're versus in boston and second around then no way New York or Cavs or mine in the second round, maybe. Who are you taking, Cavs or Milwaukee? Right now, you've got to pick one. Oh, they're all healthy. Say it's the second round. After Milwaukee. Yeah, same. Ah, man. Okay. I'd love to see them two first, though, play each other. Oh, yeah. Because be, you just wouldn't know. You could go seven. Yeah, for sure. And Cleveland have, anyway. Well, yeah, that's another day. New York, we've ramped up about them. We love them. We love the additions, the deadline, what they've done. Brunson, fucking unbelievable. He's so good. Just transcending. We think they're contenders, obviously. Yeah, they're contenders, even though, even though they lost the last four. Um, they've been absolutely unreal defensively, mainly. Mm. Um, once they get everyone back, get some chemistry together with the new guys, maybe. If they're, part of the heavy, if they're a good part of the rotation, get Randall back. Oh, man, they're playing well. OG's looking really good. Looks looks comfortable, and you know what we we know our thoughts. And Brunson, here this looks. Anybody who's matched up with him just has no chance. Guess we spots whenever, however he wants. And Dallas yeah. Mavericks fans must be shaking their head right now. He plays like a three sometimes. He's fucking awesome. Downhill. He's he's a bulldog. He's so good. I love him. Okay, I guess number five, Philadelphia. This relies on obviously Embiid. I'll put it this way to you, Mitch. Let's hope Embiid's fit. Let's hope, you know, everyone's healthy. Four and five. Who would you take? Knicks or 76ers? Knicks. Same. Far out. And I think they'd go like five games. Yeah. They, it's just crazy how this season's turned. Because we were sitting here at the start and like, if the Embiid thing, you know, if he's healthy, he probably wins another MVP, da, da, da. And they probably finish the number two seed. But since that injury, they've just catapulted down the standings. And it's like, just survival. 
essentially. Yeah, we, we, right now, how can we question if they're going to run run deep if Embiid's not even on the floor? And we don't know what percentage of Embiid will get when he comes back on the floor. They could end up in the play-in. Um, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I guess that's a hat, you know, like a, a hash mark on them. We can't really talk about them too much, but six, Indiana. I don't think they can win the chip. I don't, I don't classify them as contenders. Their defense is tragic. They're my favorite league pass team. I love Halliburton, what he did, you know, all all-star weekend, leads the league in assists, close to a superstar, but they're just not contenders for me, full stop. Yeah, they're not ready yet. Halliburton's been unreal, but he's the main guy on the team. I just don't see him taking him that far. You could win the first round, maybe. Mm. Like the first Bucks. I'm, this, the obvious choice would be Bucks, but God's sake, this massive argument, pick Indiana, if, yeah. if that was a series. Yep, for sure. And I guess the last cutoff for me, the last line, I'll let you break this down. Your Miami Heat, they're currently in the plan, but I think they can easily sneak up into that top six. I think for them, it's going to come down to matchups, but we know what they can do anyway in the playoffs. That's when their season starts. But yeah, matchup wise, are they contenders for you? Are you worried? Do you need, you know, more, yeah. 30 more games to sort things out? What, what's the go for Miami for the rest of the year? Uh, just about health. Like we've been, we've had so many different lineups play, starting lineups, injuries in and out, getting adjusted to Terry Rozier. He's still trying to make adjustments, but we better go. We have to get it done. Like get things moving quick. We might already start looking in the playoff mode soon. Like coach always does. He always gets. I think he gets in playoff mode twenty games out. Um, but right now, no, we're not a contender. We can't say we're a contender. But I can ah. tell you though, if we right if we play if we missed New York and Boston until conference finals, I'd feel pretty confident against any other team. Yep, I, I agree with that. Fuck, okay. So you're not counting your team out, but you're being fair and honest. So Yeah, I've just been I think it's just common sense at this point. We're we're seventh right now. We haven't played we're probably looking at what we how we're playing last year in regular season. We were terrible defensively. Mm. And we're just about the same now. It's pretty crazy. Like last year you're four minutes away with against the Hawks and then you blink three, four weeks later, you're in the fucking NBA finals. Like you just Yeah. Yeah, that's that's it was like a fairy tale to the finals, really. One of the craziest runs I've ever seen. Mm. Okay, so East, I guess, concluding Boston, no brainer. Milwaukee, based on the star power, and New York, Knicks. Like, lock those three in. The rest were kind of surprised. Like, Cavs, the upsides there were unsure if it, they're like a playoff team. 76ers and beats health. And you just said your team, Miami, need to kind of get their shit together and sort things out. And Indiana, we just, I can't take seriously. So it's kind of those three teams and then the rest we're surprised by. Is that fair? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we get a New York Boston conference finals. Looks that will, that looks the most likely to me. Mm, as long as they don't. The seating works out. Yeah, of course. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. All right. I guess we got through the, the less stressful conference right now because I look at this one to 10 and I just go, holy fuck. So the West, I guess we'll go in. Seeding order at the moment as we speak, Mitch. Timberwolves, number one, best defense in the league. Um, do you still have them as contenders? Are you, are you worried about their late-game offense? Slumps, maybe Ant-Man shooting them out, less ball movement, can get a bit stagnant. Or Minnesota, where, where are we at? Oh, look, yeah, you have to say the contender. They're playing outstanding. They're best 
one of the best defenses, if not best defense in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, they're outright number one at the moment for a reason. They've been incredible. Um, I just don't know the the experience will hold up all the way. And when you factor in every round and who they'd be matched up against and their history, <clears throat> then it's really hard to pick them to go far, but you kind of have to based off their record and how they're playing. And defensively, they're unreal. So that it just that's perfect. That's perfect for the playoffs for them. But God, yep. we're going to start naming off some teams that if they were matched up, we're going to pick them. Mm. Once we get to our top four in the West, I'll do a little analogy for you, but I'm with you. I think we have to take them as contenders right now. Just defensively, we'll keep them in plenty of games, but obviously there's going to be questions on Gobert come playoffs, Ant-Man, Stewie Young. Um, late game offense, I, I get be concerned about, but yeah, they are the real deal and they match up nicely against a few teams as well. So OKC in the second seed, um, I think they're young, dumb and full of calm. I think that's going to come back to a lot of matchups for them as well. But I just, like history says, these teams, these young teams struggle in the playoffs or kind of get slapped around and have to learn a few lessons before they yeah. develop and, you know, make that deep run. Yeah. Um, contenders for you? Are you surprised if they get to, obviously matchup-wise, if they get to a Western Conference Finals? I thought I'd be very surprised based off Ooh. teams. Well, if I look, there's three or four other teams, and they definitely have to burst one of them. No, I agree. I'm st- I've got them as contenders, but I'm I'm a bit more um, surprised. Yeah. Like, I've got Timbles, and I'd have them just under Timbles in, like, surprise fact. Like, ooh, man, how did they get there? What a... I just have to factor in their experience. Oh, yeah. I'm with you. They've, no one's ever been... No one who's actually in a rotation has ever been as far as, far as what, finals, conference finals? No, only first Shea's round. Only been, Shea's only been in one playoff. Yep. Playoffs against Houston bubble, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Same as Dort. And they, yeah, and Dort. So, yeah. We're talking about best of seven, not just one game. Mm. The good teams always work out. The experienced teams always work it out, no matter what, as far as you get into the playoffs, as in the series, sorry. Yep. There's a few teams I don't like our matchup against. One of those teams is the team sitting in three, the Los Angeles Clippers. I've declared, I'm going to say it again, I think they're going to, for me, they're the favorites to come out of the West. Contender, I think it's pretty straightforward. You're, you're nodding? Yeah, 100%. 100%. They got everything they need. Championship coach. Superstar, all-star. Playmaker. Playmaker. They've got playmaking, a three-point shooting, a defense. They can play small. They're unreal small matching up against anybody. Um, Kawhi can handle his own against any four in the league, I think. Fuck, he's on a tear. I mean, 2019, he takes a role of guarding Giannis after game two, and they go on to win four straight, I think it was. Um, Imagine if we're sitting here and like, Obviously, playoffs come around and like conference finals or like finals, and we're sitting here going, Kawhi's literally just bitched everyone, and he's finally healthy. And it's like, I know it's what if like Clippers get to the finals, say if the wind died out, we go, he's won a fucking chip with three different teams. Like, just I guess the storylines, yeah, the storylines and narratives for so many of these, like the West and even in the East, like it's crazy. So, yeah, both green light on the Clippers, Denver, the reigning champs. Championship belt, best player in the league. Um, are you getting a bit worried, Mitch? They've lost three on the trot. The bench is definitely not the same as last year. 
Are they just cruising for you still? They've dropped down to the fourth seed. It's obviously only two or three games in it. But is there any concern for you with Denver or do you just think they're cruising along at the moment, waiting to ramp things up? Bit of this, bit of that, for sure. Um, look, I think they know, they know who they are. They know they can beat anybody. They know they're the best player in the league. It really factors into the pieces around Jokic and the guy who needs to be massive again is Murray. I mean, their bench isn't as good as last year. Obviously, that Brown, who's really good. But other than that... Um, Jeff Green was okay, I thought. Yeah, that, well, that last year they had sold vets and a very good bench. Um, so they might need to heavily rely on their starters to really link up and start playing some really good basketball again. Mm. Like All of them are really good. Yeah, but they're contenders, yeah, obviously. What are your worries? I just think the bench, like, and I said this last year, not worried. I just think they're cruising. They know when to turn it on. But I think the bench is significantly weaker this season. Um, and I guess last year, they, they didn't re- realize the wrong word. But when they got the number one seed, last year in the playoffs, they were the best home team. Full stop. No one could fucking win that. Like, it was just ridiculous. And I, I explained, we talked about that many times, every single playoff series. They'd get smacked around in one of their games. They'd be losing for three quarters. In the fourth quarter, they'd just come out and come storming home and somehow win. They did it against the Lakers two or three times. Um, the Suns, Booker and Durant were just going fucking nuclear. And they just somehow, fourth quarter, just controlled the momentum and just went bang, laid that last haymaker, knocked them out. Like that place is so hard to win. So I guess the fourth seed, even if they don't finish the number one seed, like home court essentially won't be on them. Is that a factor? No, they can win on the road easy. Okay. But we, we might be talking in 10 to 15 games and they've actually ramped it up. Mm. And everything we've just been talking about doesn't matter anymore because now they're really, they're ready for the playoffs. They're ready to win again. I've got no doubt about their team and they're like, the talent-wise, they're starting yeah. five. Yeah. We'll see. There's still a lot, yeah, 30 games to go. I guess seeding's going to be important, which will definitely give us more of an indicator. And I guess that says like the four, five, like it's looking like Phoenix are going to hold on and probably snag that five. You don't want to be in the four seed. That's like an extra just first round against Phoenix. Yeah. Oh, you really want to be in a two and three spot. Definitely. So does that just add a bit more? Just yeah, just just shit work. You have to just deal with shit going in. Fuck, we've already got to deal with these guys. Two, you know, Booker, Durant, two top ten, twelve players in the league. Wherever you rank up, like I wouldn't yeah. want that. Yeah, the second round, the second round matchups, like I mean, some of the juiciest in years in West. And I guess that my little analogy, Mitch, like the top four in the Western will roll on. Is everyone says Minnesota match up so well against Denver? They've got the twin towers. They are so long defensively, so they like really match up well against Denver. But we saw it in the playoffs last year, and I was like, oh, okay, interesting. Like maybe there's a bit of juice here. I think Minnesota have gotten better, and then it's like Denver, they match up really well and have fucking owned the Clippers. The Clippers that you have no answers on Jokic, but they just get bitched. And it's like, fuck, they want to stay clear of them. Obviously, yeah. the revenge factor of that, what happened in the bubble. 3-1, Apple crumble. And then you've got the Clippers back to OKC. And I'm telling you, Shea Gilgis-Alexander does not handle big, strong, athletic Tatums of the world, your Kawhis of the world, Paul George getting switched on to him. He, he really struggles. He can handle any guard in the league, but when... You get these athletic wings that can, you know, get out to the perimeter or close him off. He struggles. So um, if we take on the Clippers, I'll tell you right now, we ain't going any further. 
that is not a good matchup for us. And then you revolve to that, OKC back to Denver, the full circle. We've beat them three times this year, 3-1, twice in Denver. And I think that's just a factor of like, not that we're not scared of um, Jokic, but it's we kind of play him as like, just score as much as you want, just play for the pass, try and slow down his other teammates and whatnot. And I don't know, man, we're just younger and things went our way those games. But I just feel like there's a nice little matchup of those top four teams in the West and like little matchups, who suits who. It's, that's what's going to be interesting. Like the top four teams in the West pushing for that, the playoffs and the seeding. Like it's going to be crucial, I think. Based off the, the, starting, the starting teams, would you be any bit surprised if Kawhi and Paul George are sw- switching, guarding Shea the whole series? Based off, because the sizing works out where like mm. Paul George can obviously guard Dort or Giddy, and you've obviously got Jalen Williams there. So everything this matches up well for Clippers where they can move it around and make mm. sure to have their two solid wings yep. guarding Shea. Even Trey Mann, he's a big, bigger guard, can yeah. get in. Small like, bodies. Yeah. And that's similar to like Timberwolves. Um, Ant-Man, can, he goes really hard at SGA. But if, we've actually, I'm probably more confident against Timberwolves compared to the other two. But it's like just these little matchups. It's going to be fascinating, Mitch, these top four in the West, like where they kind of finish. Yep. Phoenix, Suns, five seed. Yeah, they have to be. I got Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. If I can say that Giannis and Dame Lillard are good enough to get there, then definitely Booker and Durant who are better. And I guess we put Bill into that. I know he's injured at the moment, but it's like when those three guys have been on the floor, yeah, it's it's great. It's above average. It's good. They're easily a top six team in the West when they're on the floor. Like I think we leave it at that until yeah. when when all three click, it can they can just win a game by themselves offensively. Are we? Are we, how how um, surprised are we if they are in the Western Conference Finals? Not, I'm not that surprised. If the, if it works out where where they maybe verse Clippers, I mean, if they verse Denver, I don't, I'm picking Denver. Mm, same. Based off last year as well. Um, but maybe Clippers. I don't know. I don't know if OKC might fall down fourth. Then I'm feeling good. Yeah, and I would not they, like they, that. They, they potentially verse. Uh, Timberwolves, which I'd feel better about as well. Mm-hmm. Just, just the experience to play out. So essentially, our top three in the West is we're talking Clippers, Denver, Phoenix. We're not that surprised. Like we expect. Those are the three for me that are probably they're probably top three in the West. I agree. Okay, number six, Pelicans. I don't know what the fuck they are, Mitch. They're either really fucking good or they're really fucking shit on any given night. I don't know what to make of this team. I like them personally, but fuck me, I'm swearing too much right now. But I don't know what to say about them. Yeah, because uh, Brandon England had these games where he just looks like a shell of himself. He can have a game where he scores forty and um. He's playmaking a lot. So, yeah, this relies on your two big players, your stars. And just based off years prior, are, you really, are we really confident about Zion and Brandon Ingram running, making a deep run? Probably not. Probably put the line through them. Like, am I surprised? Yeah. Like, could they do it? Definitely. But, like, things just have to go right for them, I guess. Yeah. I'd probably, I'm happy to put the line through them. Like, yeah. Based on other teams, I'm not. I don't, yeah, I'm not counting that they're going to make it second round. Yeah, they could even end up in the plan. It's super tight there. Dallas, Luca, I think for me in the NBA, it's two guys that you just don't want to go up against in a game seven. It's Jokic and Luca, just ball in their hands, fucking terrifying. Um, just with him, 
Luca, they are relevant in, against anyone, but it's, yeah. I, as you said, you think they'll make the playoffs? Can you see a deep run? Maybe second round max? Or what do you yeah. think? Yeah. Look, they were, in, they were in the conference finals two years ago. Mm. Luca's two years older. They got Kyrie. I mean, the roster is good enough, I think, but they still have two really good players. And Luca's, Luca is, is suited for the playoffs. Like anything can happen with Luca. Definitely. Contender, man, it's tough, man. Like it's, you gotta think the teams ahead of them. Would they, would they beat those teams in playoff series? Denver, probably not. Clippers, I think potentially he's had, he's had some good run against Clippers. Hmm. And obviously, like PG, thundering. I could go at Luca gardening. Yeah, thunder and Timberwolves would be interesting against them. But I've, yeah. I've probably got them slight contenders. But like, my if they got to a conference finals or even yeah, like surprise, I'm just yeah. going, holy fuck! How did Luca pull this off? Like, he'd have Definitely to be winning the first round, though. Yeah, I could see that for sure. For sure. What about in the first OKC okay, in the first round? I'm terrified, but I'd still just based on home court. Yeah. I'd be terrified there. I'll be honest with you. I'd have to look at the matchups fully, but yeah, they would definitely be a shot. It's about 50, 50. Yeah. I'd be pretty almost even. Yep. Definitely. Would not, would not back down on that. Kings. Not last year was a fluke, but they're down to, they just keep dropping and dropping. Now they keep losing these ridiculous games, Mitch. Are they just a feel good story from last year? They've got a target on their back now. I'm glad they didn't go all in, in the deadline and make a ridiculous, stupid trade and wreck up their, yeah their whole chemistry and, the, you know, make their roster lopsided. But it's like, they're not contenders, are they? Nah, no, they're not. They're not. Mm. They're, they're, they're like first-round bust-outs for me. Yeah, fuck. I don't, still don't know about Murray. Like, I know he had a massive game. He hit 12 threes or something. Obviously, was it 12 or 9? Or 9 from 12. Yeah, had a big game, 40-plus points or whatever, a lot of threes. But I feel like they're still waiting on, waiting on him to be the third guy and really step up. I just don't know. It might take a bit longer than they expect. But but really, like, even if it was them three, are they good enough to beat five or six teams in the in the West? No. Mm. Good team or great team after great team after great team in the playoffs is just a massive ask. And I guess let's just let's just nine and ten. Let, we've talked about it enough. I'm actually sick of talking about these teams now. I know they're massive organizations. Lakers, Golden State Warriors, Mitch. Well, they're going to have to move up the standings because currently 9-10, they're going to play each other in the plane and one of them will be eliminated. So can either of these teams, obviously Lakers, Western Conference Finals last year, can either of them make a deep playoff run for you? No, nah, because they won't play that consistent or this, the supporting role won't play that consistent to win games and playoffs. No. Red line straight through both of them? Yeah. Okay. Exercise done and dusted. That's your West. So... Just to get your confirmation, Clippers, Nuggets, and Phoenix, we've got at the top, like, surprise. We're not that surprised. Like, we expect them to do something if everything falls their way. Yeah. Okay. And who's the second tier? Minnesota, OKC, and Dallas, I guess? Or just Minnesota and OKC? And then the tier under that's... I'm happy you put those three in that tier. Okay. So, yeah. We'll keep... It's two tiers, essentially, then. Yeah. So we're saying only only one of those six teams will make it out of the West. Looks pretty obvious. Yeah. I'm happy to probably say even just the top five, like Minnesota, OKC, Clippers, Denver, and Phoenix. 
We've locked it in. There's two tiers to it. I agree. All right. Wow. That was intense. That was good. Now, should we finish off with our player awards? Predictions, analysis, I guess, what's happened during the season. However, we want to discuss these things, Mitch. You ready to rip the skin off it? Yeah, we can go quickly go through. Or what the three what are the the main awards? MVP, rookie of the year, mm-hmm. most improved and six man. Um, yep. That's sort of the main ones. Yep. The clutch player of the year, I don't fucking like it all. I don't really understand no, how someone okay. can be clutch. It's yeah. just yeah. yeah. Defensive player of the year, I guess you can put well, let's just it looks Rudy Gobert's gonna win it. We'll just if as long as he plays the games, he's gonna win it. You don't obviously you don't agree. I think Wemby should be a good chance. Chet top five. I'm a bit surprised Chet's up there, but I get why with the blocks and whatnot. But yeah, I just think when um Gobert's going to win it. The odds are way too small. Yeah, just based on they're the best defensive team in the league all year. He's back to that Utah Jazz form. And the yep. media's media's behind him anyway. Yep. MVP, most valuable player. How do you want to do it, Mitch? Grab the reins if you want. Let's start talking about how many how many people generally are going to have a chance of winning. Right now or during the whole year? Right now. Like, who's, who's in it right now? Genuine chances. Jokic? SGA? SGA? Luka? Yeah. Giannis? Yeah. Tatum? Yeah. I only say Tatum is because last year we talked about this and Jokic essentially just threw it away, the award, and all the media hype was for Embiid last year coming late, yeah. and we're already seeing this with your man, Big Perk, just talking absolute nonsense on fucking TV, saying Jason Tatum should be the MVP, which he's got a fair case, but like... It's probably disrespectful to Tatum to not have him there consider the record and... Yeah, but, I'm... Way, but then, then you can go as far as saying how good, like, all the sporting cast is. Exactly. They got two All-Stars... They could have potentially had four, the way people were talking, pre-All-Star voting. Um, yeah, Monsters at home, best record in the NBA. I mean, it's pretty disrespectful not to mention him. Yeah, it's like, what happens if we're sitting here at the end of the year and they've won 65 games and we're going, oh, fuck, he's averaging 25, shooting's okay, rebounds, yeah. assists, you know what I mean? It's going, oh, maybe the case, like it creeps up on you. You kind of get the full, you're putting the puzzle together game by game in the regular season and you get the full view at the end. You put, you, you sit back, fuck, that puzzle looks great. And you go, shit, Tatum. Man, he was actually closer than we thought. Yeah. He's an MVP caliber player, mm. but he's not, he's not, I don't know, he's not there yet. I think it's just a team. I think you have to put him there for respectful reasons, just for the team itself. I tell you what's scary, Mitch, and we'll roll on from this. I, I just thinking about Tatum, like he he cops a fair bit of shit or not being able to get it done in I guess as you said, the city he's in, the team he's in. He's fucking twenty-five. Mm. This guy hasn't even his prime. He's probably gonna what we've got another two years maybe till he's like superstar like he's already a superstar, but like I'm in my prime now. Watch the fuck out. Yeah. I think that's terrifying personally. Yeah. They're in a great position, Boston. They're in the best position they have been in years. Easily. For the this next three years. Easily. Easily their best team with the oh, both the Jays. Okay. Any love for Kawhi? Or that was just a bit of hype for a week or two. Clippers were rolling. Obviously, they got that media attention two weeks yeah, I ago. Think it's just some just some mid-season hype. Mm. Gotta throw another name around there. They have been playing well, not just off the back of his unreal playing. 
Harden has been, I hate to say it, a godsend for him, really. Yeah. And everything's just working out for him. But I don't see him being MVP at the end of the season. Even if they finish first. I, I agree. I agree. He, yeah, I guess he should be. He has to be talked about in some light. The Bucks. Giannis is averaging 31 points a game. This is probably like that, Mitch, this is the angriest I think I've ever seen him, the hardest I've seen him playing. Like, he just looks like he's got this chip on his shoulder. He fucking hates everyone and anyone, whether he's on your team or they're not. Like, I don't know what's wrong with this dude. I don't know. Something's going on there. Deeper things are going on, I'm telling you. Yeah, maybe. I think he expects, like, he, the team to go really well. I think he's just, the expectations are that they should, be, they should be really killing it, not losing NCs. Four teams, these, these teams that without... Most of their starting players or heavy rotational players. I mean, as a Bucks fan, I would have been pissed off watching Memphis beat them the game before All Star break when they had everybody out. So I guess I can see why there's some anger there. I think he just wants his team to win, and I, I know I'm a bit worried that he's going to overreact, and then he's going to start playing awful, mm, get burnt like, out, let's mentally yeah. cook. Yeah, exactly. It's pretty fucking crazy. Like 31 points a game, 11 rebounds, yeah. six assists, yeah. 1.4 steals, and 1.1 blocks. Oh, when like it he, comes to down, downhill transition, no one's stopping him. No one's better. He, hey. gets every, he gets everything he wants. Yeah. It looks like all-star game for him, playing just like the, the constant layups of the dunks, running dunks. Mm. Okay. So Tatum at five, Giannis at four. At three, Luca. Luca. Yeah, Lucas' I'll numbers like, are too good to not have him there. It'd be oh, disrespectful. Thirty-four points a game. Seventy-three points. Hello, it's fucked. Seventy-three points. It's fucked. The most since Kobe. Yeah, I don't know what to say. High volume three-point shooting, thirty-eight percent from the field. Like you would take that high volume. Yeah. Does everything for his team. Yeah. I guess like when it comes down to the MVP. For him, standings wise, the, the team's team's record. Like nine rebounds a game, nine assists a game. Yeah. Does it all. Like you've talked about him. I think he's perfectly built for the playoffs. Eventually he's going to win a regular season MVP. But I still think he's a sniff Mitch. Like we come back from the all-star break. What happens if Dallas, the you know, the moves at the deadline, Kyrie's finally healthy, they can keep a, you know, their dudes on the floor. What happens if Dallas rip 13 from 15 games, wins, 13 wins? From 15 and we go, oh, shit. Possible. Because when we start talking about that, do we have to talk in a lot of that he has to be top four? Because they, I feel like if you're, if you're an MVP candidate and you're really, want, if you're going to be chosen, you have to be at least top four in each conference. Like mm. if you're a fifth seed and you're, I don't know, you'd give, I don't think you'd give an MVP to a fifth seed, to a sixth seed. No, it doesn't happen often, for sure. That's why it's a different factor. Um, let's see what the Mavs can do, but he's definitely still in the race for me, but at yeah. three, you go your number two and number one. Cause I, well, I know for a fact we, we sit differently on this, so I'll let you go. Oh, it's common sense. We'll say SGA is, they've been sniffing in top four for a while. He's having his best season. He's an all-star. He's definitely a valuable player for that team. Like we have to talk about the value of these, these individuals. That's mm-hmm. why we saw that look is at Tatum as an MVP because of the team around him. But you look at the team around SGA, they're all, they're all, they're good. The, the young, the young, good young players, they're, 
for the inexperience and then you just got SGA just um I don't know they're rolling right now. Like they're obviously a contender. Obviously you have to have Ned just for common sense for the reasons really. Mm. Well I've got him leading the race. So you get to Jokic first, obviously, and then we can kind of go back and forth. Or you can yeah. you tell me the Jokic case and then I'll tell you why I think I've got Shea. What is it? 26, 26, 11, and 9, over to 50%. I mean, no one, everything only clicks when Jokic is on the floor. Mm-hmm. Offensively, when he's off the floor, doesn't look as good. Um, again, a bit stagnant. I know, just, he's just so important for that team, Jokic. He's had a lot of big games. I guess it's just a case of also, I feel like media really pushed cases for players. Like we don't see the hype for SGA as much as we do for Jokic. Jokic plays more TV games. Mm-hmm. I think for the rest of the season, Jokic's going to have more TV games than SGA. So I don't know, that might affect voting in some ways. Definitely. And it's like Jokic has the championship belt now. Like he's finally got over the hump. He's won one. Yeah. So people are like, okay, yeah. fuck, I've come to terms with him. He's the best player. So that definitely runs with it. The media hype, as you said, the exposure. Best player in the league. That's getting thrown around a lot. Best big passing man of all time. Mm-hmm. These things get thrown around through the season and they really help the case. And um, the more, the, again, the spotlight is more on these better, bigger, better players. I'm not saying, obviously, SJ is not a good player, mm. but it's just how it has been in recent years. I've got no issues with Jokic at number one, but me personally, and I, I think it is going to go right down to the wire. And I honestly think... Yeah. At $3, Shea's going to win the MVP. I've, I'll put a clip up with this. I just think the growth from last year to this year, they won 40, 40 games last year, 42 games last year. They're, going yeah. to, they're looking like they're going to win probably 53 plus, 54 games maybe. You've got the second youngest team in the NBA. He's getting better. Numbers say that. He's obviously second in the league in average points. He's played one less game than Giannis, but if you put that extra game up, he would be leading the league in total points. He leads the league in steals. So he does it on both ends. He's a two-way guard. He's a fucking superstar. I don't think any guard in this league can stay with him personally. He's not a very good three-point shooter. He doesn't rely on that, obviously. But to average 31 and not rely on the three, I know he gets to the line a lot. And personally, that might not happen in the playoffs. You know, playoff basketball is totally different. But I think regular season, what he's doing with the second youngest team is just outrageous outrageous so and i know the numbers aren't the overall numbers aren't as good as Jokic, the passing the rebounding i get that but i just think when we look at all the overall numbers i think okc are probably going to fight harder to finish higher seeding than the nuggets i don't think the nuggets necessarily care about the regular season as much we've seen that okc finish above the nuggets i think shay he's he's got a 3-1 record against the nuggets in the regular season i think that that counts twice he's gone into denver and won these little things are going to tack onto it. And I think the longer it goes, that we're going to eventually get one grab by the media. That's just how I think it's going to go. One grab and they're going to roll with SJ right near the end of the season when it's like, maybe they get to like fucking 58 wins, something crazy, which I don't think will happen. But I just, I still think there's a long way to go in this race. Me personally right now, I've got SGA. It's one, two race at the moment, but man, this is going to be fucking exciting, Mitch. Like this could go down literally to the last week. So if one of you, if they finish, finish above each other, then that's MVP. Is that what you're trying to say? If OKC aren't top two, I didn't see him getting it. He has to be top two, spot on. Yeah. Yeah. And then you, that, could be this, that could also be made for the same case for Denver. 
Oh yeah. If they go top two and you just go fuck, a Jokic is another one. What's that number three for him? Third regular season one. Yeah, and that's that's in a lot of a lot of Whoa. big Hall of Fame players. Yeah, yeah. That's when you go, holy shit, where's this guy's career really going to end up? So yeah. yeah, awesome. I guess yeah. To to cut that off, we've got two guys leading the race. It's a one-two punch. Have where you've got it, but the top five: Tatum. Giannis, Luca, SGA, and Jokic. Happy with that? Yeah. Beautiful. What do we go to next? Oh, we talk about defensive player of the year. I think rookie of the year, maybe. Okay, rookie of the year, two horse race. You've I know who you're going for. I've got someone different. I I'm slowly coming to terms with it, but I don't understand how the roles have been reversed so ridiculously and Wemby's just run away with this essentially. I don't understand how. So who's your rookie of the image? Run me through it. Well, I just feel like they've really put a lot of more spotlight on Wemby in the last 20 games. You've seen him on plenty of highlight packages, mm-hmm. plenty of TV games. Then maybe it comes back to what I was saying before about these TV games and all these voters. I don't know. Mm. Um, I know. We've seen, I've just seen so many highlight packages of Wemby lately of the games he's had. He's been next level. Hey, like these, these last 15, 20 games, as you said, I'm just like, holy fuck. He's doing things a guy that size should never do or mm. capable of doing. That is scary. I guess for the argument, I'll plead my case. I don't think I'll be successful, but I, I don't know how it just switched this crazy, but I've, I've got Chet. And I guess the argument is, is like if you're on Wemby's side, which you are, I've got no issues with that. You're looking at the overall numbers, points per game, 20 compared to 17 for Chet, rebounds, 10 for Wemby, 7.6 for Chet. Assists, 3.2 for Wemby, 2.7 for Chet. So essentially the same assists, three each. Let's call a spade a spade. But I guess like the Chet argument is just the efficiency. 54% from the field compared to Wemby's 47. He's nearly at 40% from three Chet compared to Wemby's 32%. So, you know, effective field goal, 60 to 51. That's kind of where the argument is. Efficiency for Chet. I don't understand how you've got a team that last year he wasn't there. As I said, they had 40 wins last year. He comes in, it looks like they're going to win 54, 55 games. Like a guy to come in that good and be the, the third option, second option, wherever you put Chet, wherever you put J-Dub. Yeah, that's where I sit. The win shares, Chet is playing minutes that are valuable, that are impactful on games. I know Wemby's not playing back-to-back, so it hasn't for, for a bit. I know he's on a minute restriction here or there. I think Wemby's the better player right now in the near, in the future. But I just think like for the race this year, that's kind of where I lean on. And maybe I'm biased. I just think Chet deserves it. But looks like I'm going to be wrong. I'll happily die on the hill, but I've got Chet. Well, the spotlight is more shown on Wemby defensively by the teams during games. Yeah. Chet's the third option on your team. Mm-hmm. Of course, he's going to get better looks, given that means given fire efficiency. Easily. And you have way better players around your OKC. I come back to like thinking as well. Chet has had had the luck of being around an NBA team for a full year, so that's a massive bonus coming from Wemby, who was essentially almost versing high school players or these really young players. So mm. I know I feel like Wemby's doing just about as good as he can with the team around him, whereas I feel like Chet. I mean, he's had the benefit of a really good team this year, and you got to. And we're talking about the guy who's number two in MVP race or top two. Easily, Wemby has to do everything. But then, what's going to be interesting, Mitch, is we look at the end of the race, and this will be the weirdest rookie of the year ballot ever. When we look at it, 
Spurs aren't going to win 20 games. Maybe they win 20. You're going to look at the Spurs. They're going to have 60 losses. And Chet and OKC are going to have, what, 50, 50 plus wins. So let's just call it a spade a spade. 50 plus wins. That's going to be fucking weird. A guy who's going to win the award, essentially, Wemby. We're lucky to have 20 wins, and then Chet's going to have 55. And I know the pecking order, you're playing with an MVP caliber player. That's going to be weird. I think that's going to come into the voting. Yeah, I guess the thing I don't like with the Wemby thing, and I'll leave it at this, because he's obviously the clear front runner. I can't debate it anymore. But it's like the Spurs had a chance to be fucking better this year or be at least good. Go and get a point guard. They had cap space prior to the season. I'm just disappointed kind of how Pop and how the organization handled this. Like we've never seen like Wemby. Like, and he's an alien. He's an alien, Mitch. Like this guy, everyone gets crazy vibes where this could go. Like he's going to be unstoppable. I just wish they didn't butcher his rookie season so bad. I guess that's where I'm coming from. Well, it's not like he's playing over his minutes. He's not playing massive minutes. 28 minutes a game. And look at the, and look at the averages. Exactly. He's per 36. It's through the roof. He's 19. Do you think he's 19? It's ridiculous. I mean, I just don't see a world where, if you think Chet's going to win and Shea's going to win, I didn't see a world where they give two awards to OKC. You did call this earlier in the season, for sure. I understand that. I'm happy to be wrong. I'll die on that hill. Um, I just think the efficiency and whatnot, but Wemby's definitely just swept everyone off their feet in the last 15 to 20 games. So, And he's gotten way better yeah. every week. Yeah. And I think it's going to help him. I feel, I, feel like, I feel like Chet had a hotter start. Definitely the bottom early mid-start. I think that 10 block game from Wemby just like everyone just went, oh, okay, it's done. Yeah. That triple double, that was ridiculous. Okay. Most improved? I'll let you rip the skin off this. Um, well, three guys. Sengun, third favorite, has to be. He's been playing Unreal. Probably be, you can probably name him the best player in Houston. I would. He's definitely their future. Everything's going to build around him. He's, they people call him the mini Okic. I think he's more of an athletic version, probably. At least he can dunk her. Yeah, yeah. He can move well. <laughs> he's big, man. He's big. He's smart. He can score. Um, and he's been playing Unreal, and he's really developed so much. And, um, yeah, I'm really, I'm really happy for him because I really like him. Um, for me, it's going to be Kobe White second. I was talking about him previously, saying he needs to be the main guy of Chicago. Mm-hmm, you have? I wish I didn't because now he's been playing Unreal, and it's hurting my... Maxi futures play. Um, I think he's been he's been unstoppable, not unstoppable, but he's been putting up some big numbers for Chicago. Incredible, yeah. And it just goes to show, like this guy is next for them. Move on from Zach Levine. Oh fuck yeah, yeah. Um, and then I obviously got Maxi. He's leading the way. I, I think it just all comes down to first if they can play the right amount of games, which is sixty five. Um, and then just come come through like the last 15 games. Yep. If losing games for Philly from here on out with that MB is going to hurt. No, I think that should be fine. I think Maxi deserves to be the clear front runner. I think he'll win it. I think MB out probably helps more, but he's averaging like 25 a game. Yeah. I was actually, so I saw his numbers today in All Star weekend. Every single year since he's gotten to the league, have just gone up and up and up and up. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I think it's locked up. As you said, as long as he hits that target for games required, well-deserved. Uh, I've got no pushback on that. I totally agree, mate. 
I guess it's kind of hard talking out loud about awards when we don't know what could happen. Like any, a, yeah. unlucky things can happen. Injuries happen. Okay. Left field curveball, and we'll, we'll wrap the show up after this. Just fly yeah. through the last awards. Throw it out. Throw it at me. We saw the bite back with Embiid going down and essentially playing hurt, pushing, obviously, because the countdown was on. Oh, he's only got six more games. He's only got five more games, da, da, da. How many games he can miss before he's ineligible for the award? And people are saying that he only played because he wanted the MVP again. So he's gone out there, not 100% healthy, resulting in an injury potentially, obviously. We know what happened. Needs surgery. He might not come back. Has that... 65 game requirement fucked everything up, Mitch. Because my understanding is, I've listened to and read a lot about the people that vote. And when you're voting for an award, obviously, you look at the overall numbers, Jokic, this many points, this many rebounds, this many assists, da da da, incredible. But one of the main things they go off is longevity and playing on the court, consistency, how many minutes you play. So I think they factor that in anyway. Is it necessary to have 65 game requirement? Because it's been, we've come out last year, I asked you the same thing, and I actually love the 65 games, but now we've kind of seen our first case study. I'm kind of like, ooh, did I jump the gun at this? Is it, like, it's a fair argument. I guess the point is, we want the players, the superstars on the court, fighting for these awards, regular season meaning as much as it can. But then when this happens, when guys are forcing themselves out there just to meet requirements, there's your backlash. Doesn't look good. I think I think it's right. I think the sixty-five games right because when do you cut off the line? When when is it? How far? How much further do you go down? 60, 50, 55, It just I think it's a perfect line. It gives enough wiggle room. I think I think the media and a lot of people, a lot of fans. I think all that scrutiny before Embiid went back out there provoked him to play and come out too early. So those are the kind of shit things that come with it. I think that was all the bullshit as well because he missed the game in Philly. He also missed the game against Denver, against Jokic, which mm. at the time they were having... They're the two... Well, I guess, I guess they were talking about a two-horse race against them too. And that was fucked up because I was like, kind of, man, you've got to play these games. But then he didn't yeah. play the next night against Portland. So it just shuts everyone up. It does. Um, so that's the unfortunate side is like these, these players that get smashed, but then they come back out and then he gets injured and we're all feeling sorry for him. And then we're all saying, oh, you shouldn't have come back so early. So people, a lot of people are hypocritical, I think. I think you're right. The media has a lot to do with it as well. I guess my last point, so let's say NB, there's no requirement. Let's say he, obviously he's scoring or he has scored more points than minutes played. Like it's an all-time historic NBA scoring season to date. He's not going to come back in the regular season, it looks like. Say he finished on 63 games and we go into MVP voting, there's no requirements. Would he still be the front runner? Would people, the people are going to look at that. How many games? Say Jokic plays 75. It's a 12 game difference. Like that's what I guess my initial first thought when I've thought about this for the last week or two, it's like the voters look at this. Yeah. I don't know if they can look past it. They have to look, they have to look, okay, he's made the requirements. It doesn't matter if he's played, if he's played 65 and Jokic has played 72 or 73. He can't base it off, oh, he's had more games and I think he looks better. He's met the requirements. That's what it's in place for. Okay. So you're happy with the requirements? Yeah, I'm happy with the requirements. 60, I think it's a good number. Okay. I think just in the media just pushes narrative. And They certainly control too much. They, Pat, media can push any narrative they want. 
They can create any narrative they want. And I'll I'll top you on that. And I think they're going to create a massive narrative down there stretching the MVP. Okay, that's good, Mitch. I'm glad we've we've debunked that situation. Six man of the year. Do you have anything or coach of the year? I haven't looked too much into it. Obviously, Hardaway's favorite, so he's thereabouts. What about Malik Monk? King's just rolling, just continues. I think I've got him favorite right now, continuing to just destroy off the bench. I guess Russell Westbrook has been up there as well. Norman Powell, they're on the same team. You probably they probably cancel each other out. In the past, Jordan Clarkson's been up there. Oh, Norman Powell, he's been massive clippers. Yeah, he's awesome. So what are we just looking at the favorite? Monk, Tim Hardaway? Yeah, I think it's them three. Probably more so Hardaway and Monk. Monk has been massive for, in a lot of big games for Kings this season. So I feel he's, he's been showing up a lot of clutch moments. So that might help him his case a bit more. Mm. And I guess last year he was great as well. So maybe that, the rollover. Yeah. Well, he's essentially their third best player, Kings. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't fight that. Would, is there a world where they bench Herder and put Monk in the starting role? I think he's just too important in regards to minutes, just coming on. I mean, that, that like second that, year, just bang. Yeah. yeah. Just instant offense. Yeah, exactly. That's, yeah, that's, that's fine. But I guess like playoffs closing, I've, yeah, let him close. Like, yeah. Unreal. Um, clutch player of the year. Let's not do it. Coach of the year. No, it's got to be one of the two two West coaches. Your OKC coach and Minnesota. Yeah, I think probably whoever finishes higher. Yeah, that's. I think it's pretty common sense there. Probably whoever finishes higher. Maybe there's a slight favoritism for OKC. Mark Danahol in regards to a younger roster, kind of like Chet just being chucked in there. J Darby's second year MVP. Yeah, top three MVP candidate, kind of. So it's maybe there's a bit more hype or certification on his side. But I think like Chris Finch, best defensive team, Tim Wolves, they got hammered last year in regards to like the Twin Towers, Rudy Gobert, they got pumped for that trade. He's kind of made shit work now, dealing with a massive personality in Ant-Man. I think it's, yeah, a two-horse race. Um, obviously, further down the list, JB, but JB Bickerstaff, what he's been able to do and revive the Cavs. Wow. But that's probably, maybe as you said, Ty Lue, maybe they clip it. I think Clippers are a good chance to finish the number one seed. Maybe odds flip for him. But I think I'm happy to stick right now on the potty, one of the two younger coaches in the West, Timberwolves or OKC. Yeah. So OKC could be up for three awards. They can't win them all. <laughs> <laughs> you called it. You Coach called. of the year, MVP, rookie of the year. There's no chance. No, nah, the league wouldn't allow it. No. Being fair to it all, we're probably most likely to get coach of the year out of those three awards, which sucks. But yeah, well, if you finish first, you could get coach and MVP. There you go. That's probably the most. That's if you finish first. Most likely, yeah. I don't. I'm not sure. I know Very best case it. scenario, really. Yeah, for sure. I'm definitely more um, interested in like getting an MVP than Chet winning a rookie. Yeah. All right, Mitch. I am. Um... I've left it all out on the table for the listeners. That's our player awards. Still, you know, 20 odd, 30 games to go. Contenders, we've broke down all the teams that matter. The teams that we didn't really talk about, there's not much there for them for the rest of the season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, deadline, All-Star Weekend was shit again. Anything else? No, I'm all good. Keen for MD come back on Friday, bit of break now. That's it. Rejuvenate, rest up, and we'll get yeah, back up. into it. I don't know what our next show will be, but we'll figure something out. 
See you then. All right, bro. Thank you. Catch ya. Thank you for listening to Paddy's Playbook. If you enjoyed this episode, head over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It's much appreciated. Don't forget to check out our Instagram page, at Paddy's Playbook. We post fun, engaging content every single day. Once again, we really appreciate your support. See you next time. Let's go.